Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One and all, and a very warm welcome to Book Off, the literary podcast with a difference. I'm Joe Haddo, and wherever you are in the world, it's great to have you with us, as always. And it's great that so many of you have been sharing the love for our little podcast, writing nice reviews and telling friends, etc. So thank you, as always. We really do appreciate it. And if you're listening now on Apple Podcasts and thinking, oh, I could write those book off guys a nice review then please do it's simple and it's easy and you can do it as you listen or if you're listening on spotify or google pods or acast or anywhere else and are feeling very generous why not write us a little review on the old social media and spread the love that way right on to today's episode and my first guest is an award-winning poet and novelist so many awards in fact i couldn't possibly list them all but many will know him for astonishing the gods Dangerous Love and his Booker Prize winning novel The Famished Road. He's also an essayist and a playwright and has just published a new book for all generations called Every Leaf at Alleluia, which we'll be talking about today. Ben Ockrey, hello and welcome to the podcast. Hey Joe, it's a real pleasure to be here. How are you? Really well and it's lovely to see you outside of uh, the Booker Prize business, which is where we usually run into each other and it's it's really great to have you here. And my second guest is a multidisciplinary artist whose work has been published by Extra Teeth, DJ Magazine and Skin Deep and commissioned by Battersea Arts Centre and St Paul's Cathedral, among others. She creates digital art as a member of the Design Yourself Collective based in the Barbican Centre in London and has recently published her debut novel, Keeping the House, which we'll be talking about today. TJ Jin, welcome to Book Off. It's lovely to see you. Oh, lovely to see you. And uh, yeah, this is wonderful. I'm really excited to have a good chat. Thank you so much for joining us. And I, I, I was going to introduce you, Ben, TJ, TJ, Ben, but I, you have actually met quite a while ago, briefly. Is that right, TJ? Yes. So um, when I was uh, well, about six years ago, when I first started writing, the very first thing I did was um, this writing residency at St Paul's Cathedral and um, Ben came in to um, speak to about five of us, five different poets about, you know, how to keep courage in the industry, how to keep on, how to believe in yourself and it was really lovely. We walked around the Whispering Gallery. It's, yeah, standout memory, so this feels quite nice and full circle. Uh, what a... That's... Quite a, an amazing thing to have Ben Ockrey turn up and give you some advice, isn't it? 
I think so. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> it's a. Uh, yeah, it's definitely like one of the footholds that you go back to and remember, isn't it? <laughs> and Ben, it's so lovely to to have you here. And and um, you know, we whenever we see each other around the Booker Prize, you're always doing something new. You're always creating. There's always something on the cards. Um, and I'm really excited to be talking about your new project. Um, how do we find you? Are you in Are you in London? Are you Are you elsewhere? I'm in London, Joe, um, and in Wrightonland, I guess. That has a kind of a connection to St. Paul's. Oh yeah, I'm 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 just I'm making a connection with 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 TJ here. <laughs> That's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and over the next uh, thirty minutes or so, we're going to talk about both your uh, latest books. We're going to talk about your writing. We always ask the guests for some book recommendations, so we'll be getting those as well. And of course, we will do the book off, which is where each of you will get three minutes to tell us about a book you love and think that we should all read. And we'll find out what those are a little later on, and we'll find out who is the more competitive, I'm sure. Um, but Ben, to, I mentioned Every Leafer, Alleluia. This is your uh, <laughs> latest uh, book, which is a, a love letter to to nature it's it's a love letter to trees it's absolutely stunning as well um visually and in terms of the prose where did this idea come from well it kind of it kind of goes back joe to a um a long period in my memory and my history um in 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 nigeria growing up i was aware of the um the abundant forests around the cities and the villages i was it was always an important part of not only my imagination, but my relationship with uh, nature and the world, uh, the forest always seemed to be a very comforting place um, to have alongside roads and wells and, 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 and books. Um, and as I, as, as I grew up and as the years went past, the, the forest slowly diminished, especially in the cities and the villages. The forest diminished and houses took over and dry places took over. And, you know, now the forests have completely gone. And... Um, I've just become aware of the of the way in which we are uh, our lives are being diminished by the the, the, the slow um, absence of of trees and forests forests especially there's something about forests that uh, has a very special place in the human imagination and the human spirit you know it's like it's like a, it's like a visual um, um, equivalent of the of 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 of, of the subconscious it's where the Having forests somewhere around um, um, in, in one's environment gives one a very comforting sense that one is connected to a kind of a wildness and a kind of a depth mm. uh, and a kind of um, a universal spirit. Um, and it's just this sense that we're losing. We're losing this part of our lives. This, we're losing trees. We're losing forests. We're losing plants. We're losing the great bio biodiversity of, of, of trees. And we're getting thinner. We're getting smaller. We're getting meaner. We're getting drier. And I just, I just, this, this was just written, you know, this, this story, this book was, was written um, um, as a way of um, reawakening our sense of the value of trees, really. Yeah. Well, uh, it certainly does that, uh, or it did so for me. And when I received this beautiful book, and I must say it, it's such a beautiful uh, book, Inside and Out, illustrated beautifully by Diana Ijeta, um, I sort of thought it was perhaps a children's book but actually it's not exclusively for children is it how how did you pitch it or how did you want this to be received 
Well, I, I, just, I just decided to tell the story to the eternal child in all of us. Um, you know, for, for many of us, the child, that eternal child is, is buried, is gone, buried under nights of cynicism and nights of growth and nights of intelligence and days of, of knowledge and so on and so forth. And we just slowly break in this, this child. And, and by child, I just mean this part of us that responds to the world with a sense of wonder and curiosity and openness. Um, it's this flexible being, this flexible aspect of us, this aspect of us that sort of still is able to sort of gape at the stars and and can still go wow at at at, at the at the effect of, of of sunlight on 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 autumn leaves, you know. It's that that's that's I just sort of write to that part of us and and externalize it as a child, as an eternal child. Um, that's what I did. I didn't write to any age. I didn't write to any d d demography or race or anything i just yeah. wrote to that to that to that to that child which is ageless really it's from my, my daughter who's five has, has has read it um you know and i've got friends who are 90 and who are reading it and it's that's that's, <laughs> that's what i wanted because we all love trees we all love trees we all love forests you know we we love the wild absolutely we do and I've already bought this book, I have to say, Ben, for several people for Christmas <laughs> of all age, quite a few age yeah. ranges as well. So I'm glad to <laughs> glad to hear you say for, that your five year old is reading and a 90 year old is reading it because this is that's really going to help me out when it comes to uh, Christmas presents. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Tisha, your debut novel, which I mentioned, Keeping the House, is, is a very, very different book to, to Ben's latest. Um, it's about the heroin trade of North London. Te te can you set this story up for us and maybe tell us how and why you wanted to to focus in on this quite specific uh, bit of London? Mm. I'm very interested in the story that everyone on your street knows that the public doesn't know. And so for me, I thought, what could I write about Tottenham, North London? That's common knowledge, no surprise. But on the same level, whenever Vice magazine tried to profile it or another similar outlet, um, it becomes glossed over. It becomes an example of uh, machismo and uh, men gallivanting around in like a truck. Um, so I thought this time I want to tell the story of the North London heroin trade um, from the working men's caps where people dream up schemes, from the kitchens where a daughter is overhearing a conversation between a woman and a man. And then again, from the perspective of young children growing up around those schemes and hustles. And I think that was my intention, to try and like build a world around an apparatus and show people that... I'm not trying to show humanity. I think that we all know that there's humanity in many different pockets of our existence. Um, I think that's a, a battle that's already been won in some ways. I think what I'm trying to show is uh, is my um, my love towards such experiences and such people and, um, and my understanding, my, my eyes on them. Mm. And for me, I loved the sort of quick, sharp chapters that you told the story in, but I also loved what I thought was a very noirish style of novel and I wondered if that was a conscious thing whether th that sort of noir was a inspiration to you or if this is just this is just how the book came out when you wrote it 
Oh, I love Noir. I love the computer game, like L.A. Noir. Yeah. Know, the soundtrack's <laughs> Love that so as well, sick. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big thing for me. I, I'm really into that. I'm really into um, Black Hardboard, Wonderlands and the Ends of the Worlds by Murakami. It's um, an example of um, where he's writing Noir, but it's also at, like science fiction, and it's also, at the same time, psychological thriller. I love it when genres smash together mm. and... Uh, and leak into each other. I think, for me, using those like recognizable touch points of noir, like walking through a cityscape while it's raining and things like yep. this, um, it felt like a good chance to play. It was uh, almost like like a literary prompt. <laughs> and the smoke, I like the smoky snooker halls as well. That was that was very noiry to me. I thought. Um, ben both of these books both of your books are very poetic in their prose i would say and you're both poets as well as writers and many many other things is that something that that just occurs naturally for you ben in your writing or are you conscious of writing something that is more poetic than say i don't know previous novels um well joe poetry is a kind of a the natural way that my hand uh, grows, um, the natural tilt of my my brain, um, if you if you like, um, <laughs> I I I, ha- I actually have to make a conscious effort to um, drain the poetry out of some of the things that I'm writing um, because of their function. Sometimes I sometimes something just has to be very functional um, and tell it like it is, and I have to. I have to I have to drain the poetry out, mm. um, uh, but the poetry just it, it it is part of the way in which I see the world. It's part of the way I, it's part of my speech, part of the way my the way my brain works. Um, but it's but it's good to it's good to it's good to know that it 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 does sometimes get in the way of communication in a weird sort of way, um, um, because sometimes you can say things in a way that is too heightened when sometimes just saying you know. Uh, the, 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 you know, saying it plain is what is required. Um, hmm. It's I think it's just part of my long training and my 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 my, my the, the attitude I have towards life is is is, is intrinsically uh, poetic. Um, I don't think you could acquire that consciously. No, right. Tija was nodding away. There is that is that something you feel as well? Mm-hmm. Into, uh, you know, f- sort of relating to what Ben said. Yeah, I really relate to that because I, I see um, my poetics is almost like this overwhelming feeling sometimes like a, a water that might wash over something and uh, I sometimes I like to draw back and cut the words down just so that we could see something in its, um, as Ben was saying, just to see it in its barest sense and then I think as it's such a natural tendency, it also there's a, a lot of unwriting and writing that takes place in in my practice, and I think that's why my work arrives at a certain point because it goes through these different um, believers and pulleys. Mm. <laughs> How did you find the collaboration process, Ben, with Diana, your illustrator? Was that something you really enjoyed? Joe, I love collaboration. Um, I think collaboration is a great corrective to um, 
uh, to the egotistical sensibility that tends to overwhelm us in our in <laughs> in our lives. Uh, I think collaboration really, you know, um, be, I mean, because you have to arrive at this place with 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 the other person, you have to you have to take your fancy suit off and your your ridiculous fancy shoes. Um, um, <laughs> you have to get, you have to get rid of all of that and just and just come in with your sleeves rolled and say, hey, what are we supposed to be doing here? And you meet one another in your humanity and your simplicity. I love that very much. Um, and it's also because I write, a, you know, like most writers, I'm, you know, in solitude, uh, write alone all the time. I've been doing this all my life and I'm, I'm, I'm used to the excess of, of my own company. I could do without that uh, a lot, actually. Um, and Diana was wonderful. We, we just had a, we came to a very simple agreement as to how, we, how we're going to work this. She's very gifted. She, she, she does illustrations for the, for, the New York, for, for the New Yorker, and she's a gifted artist uh, in her own right. So she brings the, the sensibility of the artist into illustration, which is why, why you can see that the illustration is so rich and so unusual, overflowing with the abundance of, of Africa and the mm. generosity of her uh, about-to-be-a-mother spirit. She, 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 was, she was pregnant while she was doing that. She, was, she said she was filled with this double sense. Oh, really? Yeah, it was overflowing with new life. Um, so I, I wrote the text first and, and sent it to her, and she took it. She took it traveling. She went to Timbuktu. She went to Africa. She went to different parts of Africa, and came back to Berlin and went to went to the parks and just you know soaked in many worlds. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, and I she would send me she would send me a couple of illustrations, and she was worried about it. And I'd say, just do what, just keep going. We love it, and take all the time you need. One of the most, one of the best things you can say to another person. I wish because it's the color, the colors of it are just so. You you mentioned you said rich. They they're so rich and so beautifully put together. I think that's it. Just really helps the the prose sing off the page. Well, she put the prose that I drained off in my words. She put the poetry in the in in the poetry that I I drained I drained off in the words because um, I had to cut, as as TJ was saying, like I had to cut back to the simplicity of a fable. Um, so it felt like truth. I love it where fable means truth. I had to cut back to that. And she just splurged out. Uh, she splurged mm. out in these fabulous, fabulous colors. And, and the two coming together, my, you know, my restraint and her abundance. It's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, yeah <laughs> wonderful, wonderful meeting of spirits. A great combo. Yeah, exactly. And Tisha, am I right in thinking you've recorded a, an EP to sort of accompany your novel i have um it's been a really beautiful experience because i've been working on it for a year um but it's come into another life since uh, the book's come out i've been able to re-enter it reach back out to my friends who are part of the ep with me and uh, we've just so this is a collaboration as well it's a it's a wonderful collaboration my childhood friend uh, lost in tottenham is producing one of the tracks and then uh, there's another song that I'm on with Omar Gorilla, who's a dear friend of mine, and he's uh, he's rapping on it with me. Um, well, I'm not rapping; I'm I'm doing what I like somewhere between poetry and singing. And mm. uh, I've produced a couple of tracks on it as well, so it's just been really fun. We've had a lot of women producers working on it, and uh, I just really wanted to make the the project beyond me. I wanted to reopen the story, allow people to re-engage with it in their own way and add their take on Tottenham, add their take on the, the trade and all these uh, other overlapping themes in the book. I wanted them to come to it with their own story. 
TJ, I, I wanted to, I just wanted to ask you, um, uh, from from what you from what you were saying, it sounds like this is um, this is a, a natural for the for for for, for the screen. Um, is this is this something you would consider um, acting in? Because uh, you've been involved in so many aspects of this of of the transformation of this of this book. Uh, it seems to me you may as well go all the way. Is, uh, are these dreams on the horizon? They're certainly dreams. <laughs> I um, <laughs> you know, this industry is interesting. I've I've really tried to maintain ownership of this writing and uh, this these stories because. The, my heart is there, you know. My, I've I've lived with the, with the stories, and um, my the first part of my career, I wasn't represented by a film agent, but hopefully, I will be by next week, and and hopefully, more opportunities can grow from that. Fingers crossed. Um, I've I've written I've written a few scripts, and I've been practicing my acting. <laughs> 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 Maybe you saw a glint in my eye, Ben. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I know. I heard. I heard. I heard the glint in. I heard the glint in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, we we'll have to look out for uh, developments there then, teaser in the in the new year or beyond. But we wish you all the best with that. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, is there a part for Ben? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes, I, I write it. <laughs> it depends with or without the fancy suit. So, so, so long, so long as it's in Saint Paul's. <laughs> I always like to ask my guests what they've been reading recently, and if there's anything that they'd sort of like to shout about, or other authors that they've discovered. Um, ben, what have you been reading recently, and is there anything you want to tell us about and recommend? Well, I'm, I always, I'm always reading too many things, so you don't want to ask me that question. Or <laughs> let's put it this way: I'll, um, um, I'll, I'll exercise restraint. I always have, I always have a, I always have a, like a, a small mountain of books um, near my, near my, near my bed and near my reading, reading table. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll pick out one or two things. Um, what, something I finished recently that really. That was a real delight um, and a surprise to, to discover was um, uh, Tony Allen's um, autobiography. Um, the, he's a great um, Afrobeat um, uh, drummer. He's one of the inventors of Afrobeat, actually. And I and I, I he's fantastic. I, I worked with him uh, on, on on a song, a poem I wrote that he made into a song called Cosmosis. And um, I just thought I should just check up on his um, extraordinary life, and I read his autobiography. Absolutely wonderful. It kind of kind of music noir in its own in its own in its own way, and it's told in this in this uh, extraordinary Lagos street voice. Um, um, uh, and, and he talks in he talks in this 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 staccato, this clear, um, ruthlessly true tone of voice. It's a very very enviable. While I was reading, I was thinking, "Goodness, I like to. I'd love to steal this voice. It's, uh, it's just wonderful. <laughs> I recommend it." Oh, I love Tony Allen, and fab- I didn't realise you'd you collaborated with him, but uh, he's someone I've followed quite a lot. Um, and you know, he although he's got his style, as you say, he's worked with so many different people and and influenced so many different records. Yeah, he's he's. Um... 
he he left he left he left the the the, the egotism of the of the of the of the great um band leader um uh, trope with with fella and nikola pokuti who's a great one of the great one of the great musicians of the 20th century but he left that orbit and discovered discovered the you know wonderful world of of, of collaboration and, and you're right that's when that's when tony allen's spirit really really took off you know working with you know uh, james brown's drama with damon alban with you know hundreds and hundreds of people um he said some he said something that i found really moving actually he said i can i can i can collaborate as a drummer mm. with any kind of music japanese music chinese music uh Marjan music you put it in front of me i will i will i will play with it and i thought wow that's how you that's how to be yeah that's fabulous i'm gonna to have to check that out i've made a note of it thank you very much for that recommendation ben and what about you, Tijo? Have you been reading recently? I've been reading more recently than in quite a while because, you know, that space has reopened again. Um, I've just reread Unexpected Vanilla by Lee Hayami, translated by Soj. Um, they're an amazing translator who um, are part of this collective called Smoking Tigers. And it's beautiful poetry. It's. Um, lovers that are at a distance from one another and they try to reach each other through various like liquid pouring into one another like trees that drip down onto your nose and then you look at the other person as that glint of water faces you so it's very um it's a it's like there's a ecosystem around love in in the collection that i think is quite stunning so I've always um, been interested in how do we write about people as um, objects of nature and how does that fecundity and nourishment express itself through touch. And I think that's something Lee Hayami does really well. And, uh, and Korean poetry in general seems to have this aspect to it because of the, um, the uh, almost the monosyllabicism of it and the, the way that it's um, the phrasings of it it allows um, quite a um, enmeshing of nature and person and I, I really I, I aspire to that with my own poetry writing I think Wow and I've got such an image now an evocative image thanks to your description of the tree dripping down and that sounds absolutely fantastic what was the title again did you say? excuse me <laughs> unexpected vanilla <laughs> brilliant well thank you very much for for that recommendation as well here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs coming off their parents plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And now it's time for two more. It's time for the book off. And this is where each of you is going to get three minutes uninterrupted to tell us about a book that you absolutely love and you think that everyone should read. Uh, And I always say, you know, this doesn't have to be your favourite book because I don't believe you can have a favourite book. I certainly wouldn't be able to answer it. Or if I did, it'd be different every week. But there are books that I absolutely love and there are books that I want to put into people's hands all the time. So this is that chance to tell me and the listeners about that book. Now, before we find out what they are and set up the three minutes, we've got to do a bit of admin. So, uh, Tija, would you like to go first or would you like to go second in the book off? <laughs> oh, no. Um, maybe second? So. Maybe so. You, oh, I see. You're going to let Ben step up and see, see what he's made of. Okay. Uh, and Ben, when you, uh, as I said, you get three minutes, but you don't have to use the uh, three minutes if you don't want to. However, if you're still talking at the three minute mark, I'm either going to get the bicycle horn out or we're going to get the school bell. So which would you prefer to be? Uh, which would you prefer to have at the three minutes? Uh, b- bicycle horn, please. I've had enough of school bells. The horn. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> uh, just before we get the timer uh, going then, Ben, could you tell us the book that you're putting up for the book? Of? Well, I could have chosen many books, um, but the book I chose is, is Don Quixote um, for, my, for my crimes. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, we're going to... We're going to be quiet for three minutes. It's three minutes on the clock, and it's over to you to tell us about Don Quixote. Well, um, let, let's not, from, from my point of view, let's not call this a book off. Let's call this a share off. Um, and I want to share for, for, for two and a half minutes uh, <laughs> the, 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 the spirit and the story of, of Don Quixote. Um, well, I first read this book um, in, in my 20s, uh, and I fell upon it. Um, as you fall upon a certain kind of an illness that's also really beautiful that you don't want to ever end. Um, I'd read it because uh, I was working at the BBC and I'd read it on, on my train journeys um, to the BBC there and back and I read it every day and it took me something like six to seven months to, to finish it and it was one of the most beautiful, uh, one of the most magical six months, uh, seven months of my life and since then I've gone back to this book. Why? Um, it just is just the you know, um, so many so many people who have committed themselves to the folly of reading this book have declared themselves um, rendered constantly and permanently mad as a result of it. It's a book that makes you mad in a world that is already mad enough. It's a, it's a story of a man who, at the age of 60, who had spent all his life reading, spent all his life reading and reading and reading, and he got to a point in his life where he thought, Jesus, I've been reading all my life. I'm sick of it. I want to live. I want to live what I've been reading. So he just gets to this point and, you know, decides he's going to, he's going to live. He's going to live what he's reading. And he leaves his house with a, with a, with a, with a squire who just happens to be a, a local farmer, someone who, someone who works for him and works near him. Um, and they, they set off on these adventures. I'm telling this in the simplest and the most modern way I can think of. Um, and they just, they leave, they leave home and they set off on these adventures to become 
to become knight errants. Um, you know, live it, he'd read a lot about knight errants and these people who sort of, you know, rescue women in trouble, damsels in distress, and correct the wrongs of the world. By the time he, by the time he he'd read all these books, these this 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 trope of the knight errant was already really old fashioned. It didn't exist anymore. So in a sense, he was living a kind of a fantasy. So he he rides out into the world to to to, to correct the ills of the world and to sort out the problems and to rescue ladies and all of that. And at every point. Um, he is he is working at a kind of uh, an illusion, a kind of misunderstanding. Um, he's at he's at odds with the world. He's 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 at constant tilt with the world. Um, um, and and it's the story of his adventures within his misunderstanding of the world, um, based on all the stories that he's been reading about uh, um, another world altogether. So as you can imagine, it's a very convoluted story. But a very simple one at the same time. A guy reads too much, goes out to adventure, to, to live what he's been reading. And um, uh, the adventures that he encounters uh, are the adventures of misunderstanding. They're the adventures of illusion. Um, he famously mistakes... There, there you go. It's All I can end by saying is that it is one of the, one of the greatest reads in the world, and I recommend it to everybody. <laughs> oh, well done. Fantastic. Um, I knew. Three minutes. I just what? knew, Ben. You had, you know, another ten, fifteen minutes to to talk about it. There. <laughs> Three minutes goes really fast. So enjoy it, TJ. Three minutes goes fast, doesn't it? it but does. you did a lot it's, with it, your time. It, it always catches people out. But I I really love that, and we'll we'll come back and talk about it in just a moment, Ben. But you can have a you can have a breather now, uh, as I put three minutes back on the clock for you, TJ. Just before we start, tell us the book that you're putting forward. The book I'm putting forward is For Very Ages Ago by Sarah Lassay. Right. It is a poetry collection. Fantastic. Uh, well, you have the three minutes. You have the floor. Uh, over to you. So this collection means a lot to me because it navigates childhood through the lens of the wisdom of someone who has uh, unlocked their body almost, I think, which I think is really fascinating. There's a line in a poem called Language, which is a duplex, and it says, My life sometimes unzips on its own, one mutinous nail against the length of a rib. And I love that. I love the the way that Sarah moves into unpacking her body in her writing without shying away from the grotesqueness of any image, but to... Uh, really show us the fragility of our self-awareness, the way that we can approach self-awareness in a, a faulty manner, a way that um, I think sometimes the more we get to learn one another, the more we uh, unpack ourselves or, or break things down, things turn to mush. There's um, Recently I've been reading a lot of work that looks at school memories, I think, because I've been trying to think about the past in a way that um, has the clarity of perspective, um, clarity of magic. And she has these uh, poems that come up throughout the whole collection that are about school. And there's like, she hangs her coat up and she looks at the picture of herself above the peg. And she's like, who is that person there? And I was just thinking, that's so fascinating. I've got my, my nephews and nieces always say things that are a little bit um, 
haunting to me but lovely at the same time and this is the kind of those childhood feelings of like is that me is that really me there um I think that they're more sophisticated more lived and more real than some of the things that we allow ourselves to think now and that's something that strikes me it strikes me in Sarah's ability to remember as well the surrealism of memory and uh, as I look towards the end of the collection I think it starts to veer back on London and it starts to circle back on the playgrounds and the bus stops and the bridges and I think it shows the way that the city gobbles itself up a little bit through that and uh, overarchingly when I finished reading it I think I felt like Perhaps there's some type of self-care ritual manifesto that she's putting into her writing through the collection. This uh, belief that by learning who we were and we can look at our skin, look at our, um, our foot on the ground and feel quite stable and grounded. Yeah, you did well there. You did really well. Well done. <laughs> Yeah, I'm quite a slow speaker. <laughs> yeah, you slowed down. You slowed. You slowed down. You slowed down time. <laughs> oh, thank you. Secretly, we had six minutes. <laughs> Just as you were talking about um, the city of London gobbling itself up, uh, right on cue, a siren went past your window, as as, as if as if you'd planned it. Um, <laughs> fabulous, TJ. Thank you for that. And what I mean, it sounds. Uh, incredible um we'll talk about it in just a moment ben if i can come back to you um you pronounce don quixote so beautifully but better than i do obviously how do you say it again don quixote don quixote i see okay now i haven't read it well you are to be envied (laughs) and hearing you talk about it has made me i mean i've always it's one of those ones isn't it? it's on the list and you think oh i've got to get to i've got to get to i've got to hearing you talk about those six seven months spent on the train reading it and and saying they were some of the most you know the magical months just makes me think oh my goodness i really have to i really have to read this now uh you you, you know you know joe they um they had it they had a um they had a poll not that long ago about the the one novel that you know most novelists and and poets and playwrights c- c- believe is the is is the one you you ought to read before you die. You know, Don Quixote was at the top of that, um, and it's not it's not for any fancy reason. It's not because it's written in any fancy way or anything like that. It's for one for one reason, and that is that it really goes to the very heart of the illusion and the magic of life more than any other novel. Wow. Yeah, I, I I must get to it, um, especially and after that pitch and hearing you know about how it's a very convoluted story, but yet it's very simple and how much you love it and one of the greatest books ever. I just think, gosh, yeah, I've 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 got to now move that further up the long list of things that I've been <laughs> meaning to get around to. Send me send me a bottle um, of champagne when you've done it. I will absolutely. Well, we'll we'll sh- we'll share it together, maybe. Decadence, <laughs> and we then we could discuss it properly. Uh, and Tisha, what a what a wonderful pitch, and what a fabulous sounding collection of poetry. Um, I I don't think I know of of Sarah's work, and I just think it it, it you know you you've made it sound 
almost irresistible actually um i love that it that it means a lot to you and that as you say she, she sort of unpacks her body doesn't shy away from the grotesqueness of it um her ability to remember i mean this is such a lovely thing even just thinking of the the coat hanging up on the peg that that takes me back i can already i can smell the old sort of like cloakroom in my school and you know brings that all back i just think it sounds really fascinating and i imagine not not necessarily a long collection either no it's not long it's quite thin i would say for a collection. oh yeah yeah. Just, yeah it looks yeah so it's sort of thing you'd read in you know you'd just pick up and read or did you sort of consume it all start to finish i consumed it all start to finish it's um i i wasn't expecting to either because my concentration span is quite um glitchy right <laughs> and so um but it it did it it, it it wove itself around me i was able to and hajar press are one of my favorite presses they publish political often feminist writing and it's just it's fantastic everything they put out is amazing experiments in imagining otherwise that just came out from by alola olafemi is top notch it's really amazing like um utopian but um realistic mm. Um, manifestations for the future fantastic i loved both of those pitches i just thought um so completely different as well and yet uh it's made me want to read both of the books that you've put forward um oh, look i do you know what i'm gonna just because just because you've you've made it go to the top of the pile ben i'm gonna pick don quixote <laughs> I think that has to win. Uh, but having said that... Uh, I also am going to reread it. It's, it's on the shelf in front of me right now. Have, have you read it, TJ? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really special. It's really, really special. And I'm, and, and I'm going to read for Via ages ago. I've already ordered it as we we're talking. Oh, just like that. We'll continue this conversation. I oh, love that's that. amazing. Uh, You're going to love that press as well. Hajar are amazing. <laughs> what we're going to have to do is I'm, I'm going to have to read both of these. Ben's going to have to read for Vea ages ago. And we all have to get get together when I get that bottle of champagne so we can discuss them all further. I think that's 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 the aim for 2022. Oh, that sounds lovely. So roll on 2022 in that case. <laughs> With wonderful food as well, please. Oh, well, absolutely we will. Yeah, absolutely we will. Um, thank you both for those fabulous pictures and for being here. And Every Leaf at Alleluia by Ben Ockrey and Diana Ejeta is out now. It's published by Head of Zeus. And Keeping the House by Tija Jin is also out now, published by And Other Stories. Both books very different, but equally fabulous. And I can recommend you get a copy of each to read, enjoy, pass on, put on the shelf, whatever it is you want to do afterwards. Ben, Tija, what an absolute pleasure to have you both here. Thank you so much for joining Real us. Real pleasure. I loved it. Loved mm, it. Thank you for having us. It's been lovely. And have a good Christmas, Joe. Oh, I sure will. With Don Quixote, I'm going to have, yeah. Beard or no beard. <laughs> and a beard. <laughs> beard or no beard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much, both. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.